welcome to a chat in the garden with Monique A.J. Smith, where significance blooms here in athletics and sports business on Survival Radio Network. Well, I am trying to post something inside our group because today I feel like giving gifts. Um, and so uh, I'm trying to put, and it's not working for me, uh, the cover of my book, um, the cover says Removing the Face, but my chapter is called The Public Figure Mask. And so um, this weekend we had uh, three graduation drive throughs right in my neighborhood. Didn't even realize it. One young man across the street, um, I was coming to Hampton to play football. And uh, I said, what you going to major in? And he said, uh, you know, business, real estate. And I said, did you consider anything in sports uh, management? And as the usual case, individuals are not really fully aware of all the careers that we have in athletic administration. Uh, I said, well, why don't you think about being an agent and providing um, real estate for your clients, like that'd be one of the parts that you do, uh, because the NCA considers all things that service pro players, whether it be PR, um, uh, insurance, you know, any kind of any kind of assistance, they put you all in the same bucket as being an agent. And it's like I hadn't thought about that. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to do something for the recent graduates recent graduates and so i know there's probably not any high school graduates in here but if we have any college undergrad like i know i got plenty of folks in the master's program but i um let's see let me make sure it posts before i say it i just posted i hope uh the cover of my book yeah it did okay it went um, and so if you go on the group and you say, uh, you say get your copy today, um, I don't want to give away people who are on the Facebook group, but if you uh, say, yes, I'm a graduate of what institution and uh, what's your major, I will send you the book. I will send you the book. So I'll you you put that underneath the picture. I'm a graduate of blank institution and what major, and then I'm going to inbox you to ask you for your mailing address, and I will send you the book. Okay, because I have been doing discovery calls with I you know I don't know if you remember I said I did a workshop for Lincoln University of Health Sciences. Um, uh, they were doing internships, and they couldn't go about doing internships. So their teacher brought in different people in careers to help give them that same kind of feel of having an internship to find out just what you like and what you don't like. So, again, I had a discovery call with her, and I was telling her all the different careers that she could go in to in athletics from her health profession. I said, nutritionist. She said, oh, she was shocked. And then... Um, strength and conditioning coach. And so I just know that we're just not aware. And even um, those of us who have been in it, we continuously find, I mean, the sports psychologist is becoming really big now. We already knew about um, some peak performance. And those are individuals that we, when I was getting my master's, that's what we heard about from the mental training part. But now it's how to deal with all the different aspects of your life. Is taking the student athlete holistically. So that's something how you think. You know, that's a career for you now. And I just really want you to be exposed to all the opportunities that are out there. Now, I'm not saying that my my story covers all that, but it does cover the uniqueness of me going into a profession that had no women in it. And uh, it didn't bother me at all. Yes, I was curious about how to navigate uh, being a woman in the field, so I had to cross-reference because I majored in mass media, 
and so most of my internships have been in TV. I interned at BET. I interned at a local TV station. Uh, and so I was looking at women on that side and how they navigated because it was it was uh, still very rare to have a woman producer. Um, there were no black women anchors at the time. And definitely there was no Robin Roberts yet. Okay, so I'm, yeah, I'm giving my age. Um, yeah, she was not on the screen when I was in college. No. Uh, the person that was was Jane Kennedy, and she was on, I think it was NFL Today, and she knew nothing about football. She was there because she was a former, like, Miss America. And that's really, honestly, y'all, that's really how women be, became to be on the camera because they were Miss America or Miss whatever. And then somebody else wrote their copy. Now, um, we just had the ESPN young lady on last week, uh, Green, Tiffany Green, and she said that she did it all, which was edit, shoot, and um, and, and, and do commentary, you know, be the uh, talking head it's amazing to me so things evolve so what I'm trying to tell you is um, things continue to evolve Um, be hungry to know it all okay and this is really why this is really great because I know today we're going to have another great intern who's about to bark and put a word so I'm guess uh, that she's going to have a lot of her peers listening that's why I also post that up there that if you are a recent graduate of college uh, in the sports management realm, if you uh, on if you're in the Facebook group, you just see this one little picture called "Removing the Face" because I don't want to give it away to everybody else to what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, per, if you say you know, congrats, I'm gonna put the. Uh, yeah, just just look for Get Your Copy Today, Public Figure Mass, and you'll see that. And on the bottom, just say what your name is, what school you graduated from, and what your major is. So so that we can celebrate you um, and to kind of think about all different other careers that may not be one. The reason why I say that, because even when I teach in my class, when I ask the current student-athletes, do you know who your SID is? They have no idea what I'm talking about. So I do. I still know that's a profession that's kind of odd. Now I will say this: because you have social media skills, that uh, social media um, Twitter accounts and really Twitter accounts. Um, that's why I teach in my sports PR class. I teach my students how to promote the student athletes from uh, Twitter because I know that they can get a job or even a part-time job or a seasonal job if they know how to use the tools to promote on Twitter um, because most of the old heads ain't got time. And uh, you, uh, you're you really proficient with it. You can do it. You can probably post ten things by the time one of us finish one. So that's, that's why I wanted to give you the book because it's an idea for you to think about do I think like this naturally? Do I think about how to promote things? And by me being able to promote things makes me an easy executive coach, a leadership strategist, which, which is what I do with individuals. And, um, like, I'll tell you another thing. And if she, if she's listening, she better put her name underneath this picture. I did talk to one of my uh, recent students uh, who's in grad school, and uh, I'm looking to, it's another thing, if you are listening, you're in Detroit, i got a wonderful young lady who's looking for an internship for the next fall, for the whole fall in Detroit. And uh, I said, well, we got to talk about this uh, LinkedIn page. And uh, it looked good. It's just that I needed it to be real, real good, Okay. And it's because she does. She wasn't used to promoting herself. She's uh, uh, a uh, award. She got two championships with the MEAC women's basketball. She's point guard. She's a leader. She's 
got like what a 3.8 GPA. I mean, she's just really a great student, scholar athlete, basically. And so now I'm trying to get her out into the real world, and I just need to kind of help her there because again, I'm gonna be as transparent as possible. You know, I'm gonna say the opposite direction. Um, many of our student athletes don't uh, take advantage of the tools that are given to them to get ready for school after, I mean, get ready for life after school. Uh, and one of those uh, is not just your resume, it's how your LinkedIn page looks and how do you get people to stop and go like, oh, I want this person with me. So I was just able to help her do that, and we did that over Zoom. Um, and so my mind right now is on our research graduates. They're all stressed out. Because what they thought they were going to have for internship of a job has been frozen. But I'm trying to tell you all, things are thawing out. People are going to have things needed. You know, I'm going to need some folks um, uh, at the Boo Wynn Sportsplex because we had, we're we adding extra crew because we have extra uh, COVID-19 duties that we have to perform. So I reached out to all my students who said they wanted to help me in the fall or the summer, or internship, I said, look, this is your opportunity. And I'm even going to partner with a um, living sport who usually takes people at this time of year overseas, abroad, to work um, their sporting events. And so we're looking at providing them a domestic experience similar to what they do abroad, uh, running these, uh, because we host the AAU Nationals at Boo Williams starting in July. So I'm putting a plug out, you know, if you're looking for internship, some, uh, and mind you, it's a lot of hours, okay? Uh, so you better get a lot of experience. And honestly, because we're experiencing something we've never had, you get a chance to really say, I've worked um, on a COVID, after, post-COVID for a tournament, and I do know what the policy procedures are. Because that's really what you're going to be providing um, the additional manpower to open up a facility with all those needs. So uh, I hit two knots today. I wanted to talk about my graduates and uh, talk about internships. Don't be stressed. Things are starting to thaw out. Um, and you just got to be ready. And, and that's the key. That's what I'm talking about. We got now. We're not even looking for next. We got now. So how do you prepare for that? You you get your LinkedIn page tight. Um, resumes are good, but many people don't look at resumes. What they do with resumes is you upload it and they look to see if you have matching words with the post that they put up, what they're looking for. So you got to make sure that your uh, your resume has the words that are same list on the announcement of the job so that your resume will uh, make it past uh, the electronic eyes. So that's my tidbit on that. Um, also, uh, again, another resource. There are two resources I wanted to share before we bring our guest on for today. Uh, one is Surviving the Lights of Professional Athletes Playbook to Avoiding the Curse by Tawana Smith. Um, I 1,000% endorse this uh, uh, resource as one to assist, just like I was just telling my um, my, my neighbor who's about to be a freshman at Hampton University, um, and he said he wanted going to real estate, and uh, and I was able to suggest that he marry the two marry the two uh, sports management and his business acumen because I read this book, and, and this book it said some things to the uh, about. You know, when do you get paid, number one? And then, you know, your tendency is like when you make it big, you go buy your mother a house. Well, uh, but then you bought your mother a house, so where are you going to live? And do you buy a house or do you rent an apartment? You know, and then, you know, most leases are 12 months, but you don't know if you're going to be there 12 months. And then where are you going to live when you're doing your training? Because your training may not be where, this, where the institution is. I mean, at the institution, where the team is. So you will need somebody to navigate that for you. 
So this is what I'm trying to tell you. There's so many careers in this business and how you can make a niche for yourself. But it wasn't until I read this book that came to my mind that this is an opportunity for me to repeat to other people. So if you want to be really very, uh, have all of the, some more tools in your toolbox to be able to assist your student athletes, get this book, Surviving the Lights, a Professional Athlete's Playbook to Avoid the Curse by Tawana Smith. It's on Amazon on two different versions, ebook, paperback, and audio. And, uh, again, I am so uh, blessed to be able to co-organize uh, Dr. Chico Cartwell's uh, Success Culture uh, webinars. They're every Thursday at 11 o'clock, and his whole contention is building a um, a success culture for athletics. And it is now. I'm I'm just so proud to say that 90% of the attendees have come from a Chattanooga Garden members, and I, I it, you really show value of what we can do in for the marketplace. So I really appreciate you all, and I've been sending some individual clients there because again, you know, I'm not they're not going to hoard you and have you with me if I know uh, that this this is a resource that can be really crucial for you. Uh, what's really beautiful is that uh, Dr. Chico Carwell is a um, member, is a consultant for the Greenwood Asher Executive Search Firm. And so we're connected in that way that when you uh, submit your resume and and all the proper uh, submissions for the search firm, you automatically get sent to Dr. Carwell. So beyond getting uh, him receiving your resume, you know, he can see that you've come to his webinars and then you can set up a time to be engaged with him so he'll be able to know who you are and uh, uh, assist you with your next. And that's the beautiful part. You know, most of the time we're here for individuals from a search firm, but we don't necessarily engage with them on a daily basis, and I think this is really key because he actually, we we talk and we talk about you know who has been on it and who would be a good fit, and I'm just really um, I just feel blessed that uh, he values what we have here, and I'm able to assist you. So don't miss the next one, which is tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Success Culture Consulting Consultant Coach dot com. That's Success Culture Consultant Coach dot com and register for the next webinar. And when I tell you he's excited, um, he has been uh, deep diving into his document, his research document of what institutions are looking for when they're looking for executives. And um, and so the, the, the survey actually identified the deficiencies that they have. And one of the deficiencies that came out from the research was uh, the number one thing um, uh, was agility, um, the, the ability to uh, to pivot, to deal with change. And uh, that said that that's one of their issues that they have. So, you know, just like we said, everybody is freezing. Everybody's not really totally freezing. People, uh, uh, for those that have matriculated out, whatever reason, um, they're replacing them with more of uh, fitting their needs, okay? And it's not about being the right fit. It's about fitting the need of the deficiencies that they have. So we're talking about how do you demonstrate that, um, you know, on your resume, on your cover letter, what things do you seek out to show that you are the right candidate for that? And, um, you know, so I would say if you know how to pivot in this time and what the results that you have, that's one of the main pieces that they said that they were missing. And I thought that was very interesting because, um, you know, you would think, which is still the true, the diversity is, is the issue. Um, so if they embrace when they embrace diversity, which means they have they're inclusive of different thoughts, then that's a checkbox for that because they say they they may say they're about exclusivity, but they don't demonstrate that. Okay, 
So when they hire you, that lets them be able to in, to embrace that. So the top things that were said were agility, collaboration, inclusion, and innovation. So if you come with a diversity of thought, if you if you listen to this, uh, you probably are one of those check boxes, okay? And so um, they're having inclusive thought. So if you come up there with new things to be able to approach the issues that they have, then that means you know how to collaborate. And then if it's diversity of thought, it's probably 1,000 difference of innovation. All right? So if you have a new approach to an issue that you have, that's probably a, something that needs changing, okay? So innovation and change go together, okay? And then you know you can't attack it by yourself, so you go and go get other entities, which shows you know how to collaborate. And that you have inclusion means you have uh, include differences of thought. So if you can be able to demonstrate that, with COVID-19 and beyond, with your current institution and seeking an institution and uh, young people, even though I'm talking about the executive search part, this is the same thing you should think about too. Because if you have an innovative way of, let's just say, how to still engage with customers, even though you might not be able to fill the stands and watch it 100%, you might be at 50% or 25%. How can you still engage the other 50% that can't come to the game? How can you uh, uh, fill that gap from the revenue that's going to be missing? And I'm telling you, you are going to be the answer because you, man, you all know how to go click and click and it's done. All right? So you got to be able to demonstrate how you can do that. So, again, so I'm going to say, even though if you're not looking to be an AD, I would still say, I would still say, if you're a recent graduate, I invite you to join me tomorrow at 11 o'clock, uh, building a success culture. And go to successcultureconsultantcoach.com, and I will see you there. So the time has come to meet our uh, lady of the hour, and I'm really excited because I don't think we've ever met in person. We might have. We're about to find out. But when I tell you, I got so many uh, uh, questions and comments, and oh, she is great from all over. All right, I mean, on my LinkedIn page, on my Twitter page, on my Facebook page within the group. So this young lady truly is a rock star. I'm just tell y'all that right now. All right, so I'm excited to bring Candace Martin to the garden. <laughs> Candace? Yes, ma'am. How, how are you? I can hear you laughing. I said, I know she's there. I can hear her laughing. Yeah. <laughs> did you hear your cheers while you were laughing? I did. I loved it. <laughs> well, for what I understand... Uh, you're SWA, I'm not SWA, you are the uh, SWAC Woman of the Year, so you kind of used to uh, uh, applauses like that. You shouldn't be so so shocked. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. It's been a minute, though, so it was warming. It was welcoming. It was welcoming. Okay. okay. What, what, what was your position um, on the volleyball team? I was a middle blocker. Um, Sometimes I would play a little bit of right side, but primarily I was a middle blocker. Okay, so what she's trying to tell you is that she knew how to kill that ball and block that ball, and she got chicks. So, yeah. <laughs> Volleyball is my much. favorite sport. That's how I could just really say that. So, let's just jump right on in because i got plenty, plenty of questions for you that have come in. Uh, so let's start from your journey from college to your current position. Wow. Okay. Um, I graduated December 2018 from the Alabama State University. Um, while in my last, my fifth year volleyball season there, I was able to secure a postgraduate internship at the Southwestern Athletic Conference, which is a SWAT conference. 
which is the athletic conference that Alabama State is under. So while I was a student there, I volunteered with them a couple different conference tournaments. So as a result, that led to them offering me a postgraduate position. And I was at the SWAC for four months, roughly, the semester, and then that led right up into the NCAA's postgraduate internship program. So it was a great segue for me to be able to, one, get the conference office level experience and then to be able to take this to the national office level and to be able to compare the two, their similarities and their differences. So that was a, I'm grateful for that experience and for the, for the SWAC being able to offer me that position. While at the NTAA, I was also a game day operations intern with the Indianapolis Colts. Mm. During their season, I also was a middle school all-star volleyball team coach. Mm. And I feel like I did something else while I was in Indianapolis, too. Um, I was with the coach. I was a game day operations intern. Yeah, and I was also a volleyball coach on top of balancing my duties, my primary internship with the NCAA. And now I am here. <laughs> Although Where is here? In the end. I'm back home in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, okay. You know, due to COVID and things like that, the internship did not, it ended very prematurely and not in the way that we had hoped. But, you know, we're all in this together. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is this is something that um, we all go on like, what? And, you know, but hopefully you listened to some of my, my comments during the intro and got you psyched up to say all is not, uh, you know, washed away. You know, there's some opportunities uh, that's right. going to start thawing out for us. It's not You're not frozen out. Right. And uh, it's going to be for those who, I, I'm going to be quite honest with you, those who uh, prepare now, mm-hmm. you know, don't don't go go don't go into gear number two. You know, you're not in gear number five, but let's not go to gear number two. Just gonna take a lot to get momentum back up. You know what I mean? That's true. Mhm. So, okay, well, let's jump right on here with some of these questions. And okay. this was tickling to me because uh, this particular person sent me like ten. I was like, oh god, okay. <laughs> So I'm just going to pick a couple of them. It's Paula uh, Buckhalter of the NCAA. She is extremely proud of you. And uh, usually these questions are for the listeners, okay? So what advice – I think this is a great – this is absolutely great. I don't know if you heard me, but I said I did – I did several internships when I was in college. And so – I was very similar to you. Uh, I interned for the CIAA when I was a sophomore in college. Okay. So uh, every tournament time, I always worked the the tournament. But the internship with the CIAA led me to intern um, with BET. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, when I came back to campus, I started working in sports information. Now, let's be clear, I didn't know what sports information was. I knew what PR was because I went to school for it. But it just kind of continued. Everything just kept, it's like you open one door and another door, you go like, oh, oh, oh. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm saying I would say I've, I've had several internships, and it taught me, because uh, I had a couple of bad experiences, a couple of good experiences, mm-hmm. but uh, one of them told me that uh, if I'm going to bring somebody on, I really need to have something for them to do. Um, and uh, it, it does take time. If you if you in if, like if you you in gear number five and you rolling and you got an intern, you do have to shift down a little bit to show them. Or tell them, not necessarily show them, but tell them, look, this is your area. I need you to handle this area. And if they don't know what they're doing, I still got to take responsibility for it. I've had a couple of situations where I didn't know what I was doing, and I did it, and I really messed up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, 
So the question is, what advice do you have for administrators who manage interns? And how can, um, yeah, yeah, what's your advice for administrators on how to manage interns? I guess to get the best out of for both parties, I'm adding that part to it. Oh, wow, that is a great question. I think what initially comes to mind would have to be, one, um, being authentic and, for lack of better words, real when it comes to feedback. It's great to, you know, tell your interns, oh, you know, you're doing a great job, you're awesome. Mm. But, you know, to be able to get that constructive feedback will definitely help the intern in the long run. Because, you know, you get so much positive feedback, positive feedback from maybe your main point of contact, but then when you receive feedback from others, you're like, oh, okay, so this is the these are the areas that I need to improve and this is where I can get better. So I would say just being able to establish that relationship where authentic feedback can be received in the best way. You know, you want to build your intern's confidence, but you also want to be honest. I'm going to put a pause right there. Okay. Because you use the word authentic. Mm-hmm. And usually, I'm going to be honest with you, usually when people say authentic, it's kind of like a cultural connotation. Okay. And so, uh, so that led me to my brain to go, well, I'm going to give you a perfect example, all right? I had a young lady in my class. Mm-hmm. She came to my class with no bra on. Oh. Right. And, you know, and she's a senior. This this was a couple of years ago. And I put her out. But I put her out and talked to her in the hallway. And because I'm a Hamptonian, I already know there's a dress code. I know it I mean, I know I graduated right. 30 years ago, but I know it's dress code. Mm-hmm. And I clearly said, if you need some undergarments, Dean got money for that. But I know that wasn't mm-hmm. the case because she had a brand new outfit on. So, you know, but but mind you, she did go to my chairperson to complain. And I told him, I am that crazy person. I said, look, <laughs> told her that they don't care like I care. All right? Mm-hmm. So then he said, well, you shouldn't say we don't care. I said, no. You know what you care about? You care about that she's going to call you up for harassment. I really don't give a kitty. All right? Because my <laughs> job is to prepare them for their next. And yeah. this ain't it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm allowing yeah. you to do this. And you are senior. And then you go work. Because, again, if you're a man, I'm going to try and give you a little tidbit here. If you're mm-hmm. a man, you're not going to feel comfortable, all right, that I can tell you the truth. See, instead of using authentic, tell you the truth. Okay. Because okay? yeah. authentic is based on what I believe is important. But the truth is the truth. Gotcha. Okay. And so yeah. when you have opposites, differences, there's not comfortability to be able to say that. I'll give you another example. One of the first girls I sent to a job. It was a, the girl came from HBCU. She went to go work for a non-HBCU. And uh, she was comfortable with, she was a softball coach or something, but she would sit with the football players because she was black and they were black and they all kind of gravitated to each other. Mm-hmm. No one told her, nobody, they, they, they would not even tell her that was frowned upon. You know, you you look too familiar with the, players. She mm-hmm. just got fired and oh, was wow. never told. Now, you at HBCU, somebody gonna pull you aside and say, Now honey, that don't look good. You might want to correct Absolutely. that. <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's a lot to do with that. The person has to feel comfortable because if you okay, let's be honest. Male teacher may not have told a girl she needs to wear a bra. They just may blind their eyes and not look at it because they think about what else could come from it, whether she might take it the wrong way, da 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 da, da and I might have to answer for what I corrected her on. You get it? Yeah. 
And so the other people who told you, there was a trust that was already there in development able to get there. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I have no idea who or what, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but because I didn't live 30 years, I already know what that is. And uh, but I, you know I I have to applaud you because I have never heard an intern say I need more constructive criticism. See, this is why it's gonna make you above everybody else because everybody, I mean, if you correct one time, people just want me to cry. I don't like how she said that. This, mm-hmm. yeah. More, I know I see everybody loves you, girl, because I'm telling you, I got more. Oh, she's wonderful. Oh, she's rock. Oh, she's great. So let me hear this, child. So, what's the second thing you were going to say about that? Oh, no. I know I talked too much. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It definitely it is a feedback. And then, oh, I guess what advice would I give administrative overthink into? Oh, it'll come back to me. Okay, second question. How has COVID impacted your future career plans? Mm. I think that COVID has um, broadened my scope. Now I am not giving up on initially what I wanted to do or saw myself doing. I am expanding my thoughts and beginning to explore other options in the event that, you know, sports isn't what we what we once thought it was and that it evolved into something else, and then I have to maneuver and identify a different avenues to take. So I think that um, in a sense to kind of expand, oftentimes when I was in college, uh, we had a volunteer coach. She would always tell us, you know, give back to your sport. I've always mm-hmm. taken pride in, you know, um, being able to coach when I have time and things of that nature. But I'm also now exploring that more seriously, potentially going into coaching. Mm. And also I have a degree in recreational therapy, so it's also exploring that option as well. So different things that I'm now starting to explore that I at once maybe tearship or more as, you know, in my spare time. But now it's becoming, okay, I may need to do this for a little while before I can return to my original course of action. Well, what would you say, um, what, is, is it your thought because you're thinking that championships won't occur because you had two internships in championships per se? Yeah, I think they will, but I think in the how they will occur will vary, and therefore that will alter the the number of staff. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. not. Okay. That will alter the number of staff. And as me looking to penetrate the industry more on a full-time and permanent basis, mm-hmm. that may be a little hard right now. Well, I, I, uh, I don't think so because your experiences uh, make you stand out. But uh, mm-hmm. And I think... Also, by you coaching, uh, because you've seen how the championship goes, can also be an added factor, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Okay. So here's one more. <laughs> As a former volleyball player at Alabama State University who was working at a Division One volleyball championship, do you have any ideas of how to enhance conference championships uh, from your national experience. Oh wow! How <laughs> hands conference level championships from my national experience? I think I think that's kind of tough because that also plays back into budgeting. Mm-hmm. Different conferences have different budgets. And mm-hmm. so, and of course, you know, at the national office level, there's a completely different budget based on division, mm-hmm. based on your host institution, and things like that. But I, what I've noticed is that, for example, being at the SWAC office, a lot of the things that I saw at the at the national level, 
mm-hmm. was pretty much the same, just suited up more because the budget was there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were certain ideas as far as decor or maybe um, ideas on items or gifts for the student athletes that could mm-hmm. be presented, but I think that in a grand scheme of things that what the SWAC office is doing it's pretty much what the national office is doing just within their own budget, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And I think that, you know, I think the national office, they come up and generate a lot of great ideas as far as activations and, and engagement ideas. But I think mm-hmm. that they also, well, I know that they also lean on the membership as well heavily for ideas. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of parallels when it comes to events, whether that be at the conference level or whether it be at the national level. Well, I would say uh, when I went uh, to nationals, well, let's just say from a uh, conference standpoint, mm-hmm. I would go to the regionals, and then mm-hmm. I and then I went to the nationals. So the nationals for Division Two, and then I went to the nationals right. for Division One, and it did give me ideas about enhancing, but from a uh, but the the place I had the most uh, ideas was when I was at an institution and went to the conference office, things that I would want to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, I I go way back when, when I first uh, went to the very first volleyball championship for the CIAA, um, the coaches picked the all-conference team on site. Like, it was a three-day tournament, Mm -hmm. so that... So somebody had to go back and go pick up the person if they wanted to be there to get the plaque the day of, of the championship. Right. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, that don't make sense. You know what I mean? We should pick the people before we get here so then I don't have to figure out how to go all the way to Winston-Salem back to Virginia. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, and then we started having banquets. And, you know, then people started eliminating banquets. And I'm just saying that the enhancement piece of ideas and just mm-hmm. being around other people um, I, I'm saying this all again because you seeing that is an enhancement even if you're hired as a coach, how you can enhance the experience for your student athletes there. Even if you're not on championship level. You, you can. It's something about you seeing how championship and kids want to be there. Mm-hmm. You can be able to implant that in there. Right. Child, I'm trying to get you hired. Can't you tell? Well, I appreciate all the help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking it all, <laughs> Um, So uh, I did not. I should have. Let me go to somebody else where I find out what, where this girl works at. So Terry Brown, Happy University grad. Uh, she's going to go to grad school here. Name a few of the things you've learned during your multiple tenures of being an intern. What's the most exciting thing that happened while you were intern at the NCAA? Okay, okay. Well, I would have to say one is networking. In the sense that you also want to network with those who are, so for example, the NCAA, I want to also network with the directors, the associate directors, the my supervisors, but I also wanted to network with my cohort. That was just as important mm-hmm. because I know that out of all 30 of us, all of us will go somewhere and we will all do great things, and you mm-hmm. never know who you may need. And also, like, and we also met at the Women Leaders Convention, Monique. We did. I thought so. I wasn't yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's where we set up the um, actual me featuring on the podcast. Right? He's like, hey, what are you doing June 17th? I was like, um, <laughs> it's like six months out, but I think I'm open. <laughs> Wonderful. I thought so, but I was not sure. Yeah, yeah, we did. We met there. And so I know that, you know, going into a space like that in a convention where there are so many great individuals where you can become overwhelmed with who you want to connect with, who you want to reach out to, but actually sitting down and being honest with yourself, like, okay, she is working in championships. She's the championship operations director at the conference office. I can go and meet with her and sit down with her. Okay, well, she is a athletic director in this conference. And so I'm interested in that conference, so let me connect with her while I'm there. So just being strategic in your networking as well, because just 
being realistic, you can't connect with everyone at the convention. And if you do, it may be, you know, people may say, oh, does she really know what she wants to do? Because I'm in mass communications and you're in event planning. So, you know, like what, like what's her goal here? And so, and also you just don't want to overexalt yourself. So that's kind yeah. of how I kind of spread myself out easily when it comes to networking. And um, I think say, say what you want in internships. I know mm-hmm. that in any in internship I have had, I think that every supervisor can attest to and all those around me that I have connected with can attest to me being very vocal about what I want and what I don't want. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, after being in the Midwest, I can say <laughs> I am okay, I'm Midwest. I'm not cut out for I'm not cut out for the winter. Okay. You know, gotcha. I am a southern guy. <laughs> so, you know, there you know, that's that's a small thing. You know, that's not definitely not the end all be all. But you know, there are different things to where I made it very vocal, you know. Here's what I want, here's what I don't want. Even at Alabama State with my athletic director, Jennifer Williams, you know, being vocal with her and telling her, Okay, I wanna do this, I think I will do this and her being able to put me in the right spaces, even at the volleyball clear being vocal with my head coach and telling her, oh, I think I want to do this. No, coach, I don't want to do that anymore. Her being able to open doors and put me in different spaces. And um, I guess to go on that same note, just to add, the worst, the worst you can get is a no. Mm-hmm. While at the NCAA, I asked a lot, <laughs> you know, and even just to go to the Women's League Convention, um, I went to my supervisor and I asked, and he said, um, I think he had to he had to ask someone else. And mm-hmm. so they were like, huh? I don't really know if we sent the intern last year, but we to it. So I was like, you know, tell me all these interns are going to the intern will be a great opportunity. And as a result, I was able to actually go to the Women's Leaders Convention, which I'm very fortunate for because I was able to connect with the few individuals there that I still keep in contact with today. And um, I think the last thing I learned in my two years of intern would be no, learning early when to say no and when mm-hmm. to draw the line. Because you, as an intern, you know, t- oftentimes we get so caught up in trying to prove ourselves and be in earning our keep. But there's just a time when you have to say no and you have to step away. And it just mm-hmm. takes time for you. Because I know specifically in the, in sports in general, but specifically in the, in any intern realm, and in events, there are things back to back. There's always something to do. There's always something that can be done. But just knowing when to make time for yourself and just to hold your mental health is it's a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, always keep that as a priority. Oh, I think the most exciting thing at the ECAA, of course, the travel. I was mm-hmm. able to just travel to some places that I had never them before and witness sports that I had never seen before. For example, mm-hmm. field hockey. I am from Memphis, Tennessee, born and raised in the South, with the school in the South. I never experienced field hockey before. Or Pittsburgh and the things that, not Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Small town, we're a teaching institution. So, small campus, small town. So, just experiencing like that was very exciting to me. But I think the most exciting would have to be being at the Division I volleyball tournament. As a former Division I volleyball student athlete, I think to take part in helping plan that championship and then to be able to sit court time and mm. so to speak, not the final four, but to be able to see the final, the last four teams compete in the championship and then sit court time in the championship match was mm-hmm. amazing. And, you know, um, to be able to see that aspect of it and then talk to my teammates, like, hey, what's it like, you know, what are you doing, things like that, you know, Snapchat back and forth and things like that. I'm just like, you know, I'm at the championship dinner, I'm doing this, you know, I'm doing that. You know, it's just pretty cool to kind of see from that aspect to go from athlete and then to go from, from athlete to professional. I think I was very fortunate and very grateful you know, for the NCAA experience and also for the championship staff being intentional in pairing interns with sports that they're either interested in or even they want to play. Because we have another intern, she's a gymnast, 
but she was able to be assigned the Divisional Women's Gymnastics Championship, which I thought was crazy for me. It was all along. And so I think that that was very exciting for me to be able to, one, travel and experience different things that I had never experienced before, but to also be able to experience for a senior division volleyball championship. So we're going to take a really a short break right here in the chat and garden with Monique A.J. Smith on Survivor Radio Network. When we return, we will continue chatting with this NCAA intern, Candace Martin. Michelle McKinney, the owner of Third Degree Solutions. I would like to introduce you to our program, Excel After Sports, where we are career services for the athletes. Our goal is to create well-rounded athletes and to aid them to be successful on and off the field. Our mission is to prepare them for the evolution of their next. We accomplish this by creating a series of professional development workshops tailored to the athletes. We know that an athlete's time is limited, so we'll work with you and your teams to tailor a schedule that fits everybody's needs. So please contact me, Michelle McKinney, at Third Degree Solutions, 919-271-8351, the career services for your athletic department, as we aid you and your team to excel at the sport. Hi, this is Eric Smith, also known as the Financial Literacy Coach or the Money Coach. You know, financial literacy is the one life skill that every single one of your students is going to need in life. Without financial literacy, their life will be much more difficult, but with it, it's going to be much better. And there's no one better to increase financial literacy than the Financial Literacy Coach. We can be reached at area code 770-527-527. 4380 by email at eric at com. One more time by phone, that's area code 770-527-4380 and by email eric at com. I wish you the best. Hi, are you frustrated at work? Do you want to know how to position yourself for promotion? then Queen's Moves is the workshop for you. Why? Because as women, we need to know our value, be confident in our options, and seize opportunities when they come along, just like a well-played queen in the game of chess. My name is Michelle Larkin of Yumi Connections, and I have developed this online workshop to teach you how to think strategically, develop a personal strategy, build confidence, and create professional momentum. I encourage you to visit queensmoves.net for more details and more information about signing up and registering. This course will equip and inspire you to move like the queen that you are. Classes start November 1st. Royal Court for Us, established in 2017, is a jewelry and apparel company. Our bracelets and clothing designs use vibrant colors and come with their own purpose and meaning. Our company focused on empowering, inspiring, unifying, and reminding each other that we come from royalty, that we are strong and powerful, and it's imperative that we support each other. So check us out on Instagram at Royal Court for Us or our website at www.royalcourtforus.com. Why do colleges support student-athletes pursuing every profession except professional sports? Why are they treated as the students when they're athletes, knowing that they need help surviving their lives? I'm Tawana Smith, and as a former Division I and pro athlete and now best-selling author, I've created a transition system specifically for student-athletes called Surviving the Lights. For more information, visit www.survivingthelights.com to learn how we can change the game together. Let's face it, the AD position is an executive position, a member of the president's administrative team, the cabinet. The department deserves the same level of leadership, knowledge, talent, experience, and professionalism as any top official on campus. Presidents are looking for AD leadership who know how to build a success culture. Recognizing this changing landscape in athletics, join me at successcultureconsultantcoach.com for info on my next course, on building a success culture.
Welcome back. Um, I got one more question for you. Uh, okay. I think her name is Kavisia Brown, Assistant AD for Academics, uh, Alabama State. Her question is, what are some essentials that you have been passed down to you through mentorship and having and the second one, and having the ability to work in different facets of sports? I think you already answered this question. What is your ultimate career goal? Okay. I think that a few things that have been passed down for me from mentorship is one be patient. You know, like and I think this has prepared me for now. Um, I'm not Overly concerned with the with the job market, I know that things will open up, and I know the right opportunity for me will present itself, whatever that may be. I think that I have networked, and I think that I have established myself well enough in the industry that something will happen for me. Um, I think also to be flexible, um, being excited, being motivated to complete the, the small tasks as an intern can become tedious and sometimes frustrating. But I think that being, being, finding the good in doing those small mm-hmm. tasks and mm-hmm. identifying the purpose behind them will continue to motivate you to complete those tasks in preparation for the big task. Being proactive, you know, with the NCAA, I identified the program a year before and I put events in my calendar on my phone where the application would open up the following year for me to apply so that it would notify me. And so as a result, you know, I was on time, was completing my application, and was ultimately fortunate enough to receive acceptance into the program. And I think, too, I think the biggest one for me is to be you. You know, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes as, being, as minorities and as women, you know, we, we overthink, and I think that I was very intentional and being myself when I interviewed for the for the NCAA postgraduate internship program, you know, I said that I'm fortunate enough to get here to interview in person, and I thank everyone that I interviewed with, and I knew that I walked out being authentically me, and so I knew that if I would accept it, they, they knew who Candace was, you know, she's going to smile, she's going to give you a lot of energy, and that's just who she is, and we want her for that reason not because I walked in aiming to portray someone or something that I was not. I wanted them to know who I was and the type of person I was and the type of work ethic that I had as a former student athlete, as a black woman, as an HBCU graduate. I took, and I still take a lot of pride in all of those aspects. Well, oh, ultimate career goal. I'm sorry. Okay. Ultimate career goal. <laughs> I have many right now, which is kind of funny, you know, with everything going on, you know. But I think that a director of championship at the conference office level mm-hmm. is where a lot of my interests apply, I mean, are right now. But um, to also be able to oversee and be able to run my own for events and championships, whether that be at the conference office level, whether it be in another capacity, I think that that is also something I'm very interested in. But I'm also looking at the being the high school athletic director, that's an avenue that I haven't really explored, but it, I do have some interest there. Um, in coaching, of course, I am passionate about the game of volleyball, mm-hmm. and I have some experience in coaching, so that is something also that I'm also exploring that may potentially turn into, you know, a career goal as well. So there are just a lot of things still on my list. I haven't really been able to narrow down. <laughs> what? Well, well, it has been a pleasure to hear about you and your journey, and I look forward to seeing where you land. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And as always, I'd like to thank Clark Garrison, Survivor Radio Network, as the CEO of Survivor Radio Network. I'd like to thank my engineer, Christina Lockett, and join us next Wednesday at 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and join us on our Facebook group, A Chat in the Garden with Monique A.J. Smith. Have a significant rest of the day.